This is Wrestling for the Faith, a weekly podcast celebrating faith, family, and wrestling. And now, here are your hosts, Casey Cage and Chad Gunner Lale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. And I'm Chad. And we thank you for joining us on this Christmas episode. So, we want to uh, first and foremost wish everybody out there a very Merry Christmas. We hope everybody has a wonderful, blessed time and is safe and enjoys time with their family and getting together and uh, eating. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I'm looking forward to, man. Just a bunch of food, a bunch of cookies, a bunch of cake. Casey and I realized that we forgot uh, over Thanksgiving to wish everybody a, you know, a happy Thanksgiving. So we was like, man, maybe we should uh, possibly you know, wish everybody a Merry Christmas and do like a special Christmas episode today. So here we are. Yeah. The, the eating is, it's kind of got out of control in my house for at least the last couple of weeks. I, I text you, I text you joking around the other day and I said, I need prayers. I need self-control. My eating habits yeah. are horrible. Yeah. It's rough. It's hard, man. It's a Christmas, you know, Thanksgiving kind of rolls into Christmas and it's like, Oh, let's just, I just indulge for a good month. It's even hard for me, man. I, I, but, you know, I've, I've got to really enjoy December here. Just enjoy some cookies and some cake. So I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy a little bit more uh, for the rest of this week. And then I'm, uh, I'm, I'm cutting all the garbage out. Oh, yeah. I've already told the wife and kids it, it's going to if you want something, you got to go buy it and you've got to leave it out of this house. I don't want yeah. it anywhere around. <laughs> I did your car, which I think my wife does anyway. She yesterday we're at the store. She goes, I need some more Oreos for the Santa cookie jar. I was like, you don't need any more Oreos. These things, they get gone. She buys the peanut butter chocolate. So I'm a peanut butter fan. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm going to, you know, be, you'll find me at two o'clock in the morning in a cookie jar. I'm blaming on Santa, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a good thing. I, I have absolutely no craving for sweets. If, I don't see them if they're not around me, but man, if I see Oreos or chocolate chip cookies or something like that, it's like, <laughs> and I, I got this thing about me and I tell the kids, I know it's just me overindulging, but I tell the kids, I'm trying to help you guys out and, and, you know, get rid of this stuff for you. <laughs> just eat it. just let dad take care of this yeah, stuff. You, trash don't, you don't need this stuff so, <laughs> so let me take care of it and get it out of the way yeah what we're getting at guys is enjoy your christmas dinner you know and if you want to invite casey and i over then feel free come <laughs> over and share share some food with you i don't know man last week good episode with Lodi. we were uh, mm-hmm. glad that he stopped by to, to chat we got a lot of good feedback on it a lot of people said that they enjoyed that uh, and hearing from Lodi, a lot of people in my area have not not seen him in several years. So, yeah. you know, it was it was good for people to be able to uh, hear what he's doing and and how he's doing with uh, his independent bookings with his uh, school and and all that stuff. Oh, man, he stays busy. And it's uh, like I said, he, he was he's a class actor and I've known him for quite some time and uh, just get a chance to chat with him last week, just sharing his testimony. And, um, you know, if you guys, you got any questions for him, let us know. I'm sure we can get an email or something like that. And then we're, uh, we're hoping to line some more guests up here, jumping into 2022. So we don't want to drop any bombs yet, but we're, we're hoping to add a couple more folks to the list. So we'll look forward to that. Definitely. So we're going to do something that 
Um, I know that we did the, the, the thing around Father's Day because we both felt led to talk about godly fathers. Uh, but other than that, I've never really been one who could, you know, if I'm invited to preach at a church or some kind of event or something, and it's around a certain holiday, I, I've never been one who could just go and do a message on that certain holiday. Uh, right. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm not wired that way. Maybe believe in listening to the Holy Spirit. And if I'm going to preach a on a, a Christmas service or something, and he's not giving me something about Christmas, then uh, you're you're probably not going to get anything about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's a hard one. You definitely, I've, I've listened to a few sermons this past week and their, their messages on Christ and just, uh, the, you know, they have these different things. One was about uh, being courageous and talking about Joseph and Mary and how they were, their courage was, was there. And just, you know, I, I don't know, man, it kind of felt led you and I was just chatting this morning. It's like, Hey, let's just talk about Christmas uh, this week. And it may give, may be deep. It may be elementary to some, but I think it's going to be good for us to just talk about what um, the Christmas season is about. Cause I was approached uh, this morning and, and, and a buddy of mine asked me, Hey, how does you and your family stand with Santa Claus? You know, some, some people don't mention Santa, Santa and you know it's all about obviously Jesus and for me it was um, it was one of those things where I said you know what we do, we we talk about Santa we talk about uh, Saint Nick we we um, but we're ultimately our daughter knows that this season is about the birth of Christ it's about Jesus it's about what He did for us and um, you know as we get moving into this episode I got a, a few little backstory about uh, the the old Saint Nick so the the original Santa Claus so I can. Um, give a little bit of history about that man so we're uh we're just gonna talk about the birth of christ today i think man yeah that'd be cool so let's jump in uh, luke chapter one we'll begin read a, ver- a few verses here uh, uh starting at verse 26 it says now in the sixth month an angel gabriel was sent by god to the city of galilee named nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was joseph of the house of david the virgin's name was Mary. Okay, betrothed for anybody who. What does your ESV say? It does say betrothed, so okay. mine matches up with KJV a lot. Yes. Okay, so that's basically that's basically engaged. And verse twenty eight says, "And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women.'" But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man (laughs) stopping right there. That's always intrigued me. You have somebody talking to a supernatural being talking to an angel or, you know, in other areas, talking to Jesus or talking to God. And and a lot of times we have uh, people asking these questions. Well, how can that be? <laughs> it's like, hello, right. who are you talking to? 
Yeah. <laughs> so what, what I found interesting about that too, and I guess it, it stems from listening to a couple of sermons this week, but also my Bible has a note. So, you know, years ago, if I would have read that and Mary said to the angel and mine says, how will this be since I am a virgin? Mm-hmm. And instantly you think, oh, Mary's doubting. But really she was asking in faith not understanding what was about to happen because here she was a virgin. She was engaged to be married. And at that time, you know, what I've been reading is, is obviously she's engaged. So Joseph is not laying with her per se uh, to, you know, have a child. So instantly that's terms for him to just say, okay, well, I'm done with you. He doesn't have to stay there kind of thing. So Mary is probably thinking, oh my goodness, like what, what am I going to tell him? What's he going to tell everybody else? Cause they know we're not married yet. This is going to be a little weird for everybody. Um, so she's asking in faith, man. And it said, uh, asking in faith is very different from asking out of doubt. Mary's question merely sought clarification about what puzzled her. She did not dismiss the angelic message and unbelief. She was just thinking like, okay, well, how are we going to get through with this? Well, that's pretty cool because I've never actually looked at it this way, that way. I've always looked at it like she's asking, well, how in the world is that going to happen? You know? Sure. I'm sure she's thinking that too. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I do believe that she was a holy woman, obviously, because, you know, the Lord chose her to uh, house or, you know, whatever, the son of God. But it was interesting to read that in my Bible about how she was just thinking, well, you know, how are we going to go about this? What are we going to tell people? And, um, you know, man, I mean, what, here, here's a woman who, and I heard pastors say that this week, this is, you know, the, the angel of the Lord came to her and said, this is what's going to happen. All these Jewish women like t- to think that they could um, be the mother of the Messiah. I mean, it's just something they all dreamed of. Mm. So she was chosen for a reason. And to me, she wouldn't have been chosen if she was doubtful or if God didn't trust her. So, you know, she was a strong woman of faith. obviously a strong woman of faith. She had to be a very, just, we talk about strong men in the house. She had to be that strong woman in the house because Lord knows she had to go on and watch her son murdered, hanging Mm -hmm. on a cross. I mean, she sat there and watched that happen. So this woman was a very, very strong and devout, you know, follower of God for sure. And going back to something you were saying a minute ago about how uh, if she had, if she was with a child, then Joseph could, you know, just say, See you later. Here's a, here's the thing though that's interesting that does not translate to our culture. Uh, anybody who don't understand this, what I'm about to say will blow their mind. In this day, when okay, not trying to get too graphic, but it's it's part of nature. It's the way God made us. It was His plan and purpose. So when a woman has sex for the first time, she bleeds, and so everything with God is a blood covenant. All the animal mm-hmm. sacrifices were blood covenants. Jesus, blood covenant, circumcision, blood covenant. Uh, and the covenant between a man and a woman, a husband and wife, when they first come together, that's why the Bible is so strong on God's way being uh, sex before marriage is wrong. Because right. it's not you're not just having sex. You are making a covenant, uh, mm-hmm. husband, wife, and God. And it is designed for when when that woman uh, first has intercourse, she bleeds and you are cutting a covenant with husband, wife and God. If in this day, if a woman had sex and did not bleed, then they knew that she had been with someone else. And that in that uh, custom, that was grounds for her to be stoned to death. Yeah. 
you know, killed in the street, dragged out of the house and killed in the street. So it was a very serious thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's good. To t- that's good. No, I've never thought about that. I mean, obviously, the uh, sex before marriage topic is something we can we can obviously touch on in the future. But, you know, to think of that blood covenant, you putting all those together, it's just kind of dawned on me like, man, you're absolutely right. You, that's a good a good answer for somebody who comes up and goes, OK, well, why? Why do why do if you have a teenager coming to you, uh, coming up to you to ask you questions as a youth pastor or as a mentor, or whatever it is, that's a good answer right there, because ultimately you're right. He, everything in the Old Testament up until Christ uh, shedding his blood for our sins was all a blood covenant. The, the sheep, the goats, the blood on the doorpost. I mean, every single thing. So that's that's uh, it's very eye opening. Yeah. Good lesson. For us. That, that's why <laughs> that's why it really uh, disturbs me when I hear people talk about marriage just being a piece of paper because right. it, no, it is yeah. a covenant. It is a covenant. And it's to me, you think of uh, Ecclesiastes, I believe it is. I'm not sure what chapter or verse, but it's uh, the cord of three strands is easily broken. So if it's just a piece of paper, then you're saying, okay, it's just me, my significant other and no God. Right. But it's that cord of three strands that, you know, you put, you know, husband, wife, and, and Christ being the center of your marriage, uh, then no, you're right. It's not just a piece of paper. It's not just a ring on a finger. It's, you know, it's not just, oh, that's my significant other. That's your, uh, dude, I look at it this way and <laughs> into a rabbit hole about something else here, but it's okay. I, I look at it this way of going, when I think of my wife and my daughter and how I treat them, there's some days I fail. I uh, text you the other day and said, man, I had a moody day, we you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. but I, and, but I woke up next morning ask for forgiveness. You know, I'm lucky that they're very forgiving. But anyway, I think of my wife and my daughter. I was driving down the road the other day and I went, that's that's God's daughters. He gave them to me. Years ago, I prayed for a, a, a godly wife. I have Stacy. I prayed for a child many years ago when I didn't think I could ever have one. And now I have my five-year-old daughter. Like that's the Lord's blessing to me. And how I treat them uh, it, it says in the Bible, husbands treat your wives like Christ treats the church, mm-hmm. utmost respect, because that's his children, man. So this that covenant, like you just talked about, of, of you know, just treating our wives and, and family with respect there. So that's, yeah, sorry, I got on a little tangent there. No, it's all right. That's Holy, <laughs> Holy Spirit rabbit trails are always welcome. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they are, man. All right, so let me run back to verse 34 and reread this and and read on through here for a second. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And also, just to cover it, I believe it's kind of been obvious with what we've been talking about. But uh, for somebody who don't understand the word know there uh, is talking about intimacy. It's not just talking about, you know, uh, Casey and Chad know each other. It's talking about a way that a husband and wife Um, In God's perfect design, uh, a husband and wife were designed to know each other uh, like no one else knows them outside of their marriage covenant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is how or this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. 
for with God, nothing will be impossible. I like it's uh, Elizabeth in her old age. If I'm not mistaken, Elizabeth was not able to, or she thought she wasn't able, as it says right here, that she wasn't able to have a child. Right. So uh, another little note was Mary did not completely understand the doctrinal significance of the angel's explanation, but she did know a miracle was about to take place within her. And Elizabeth's pregnancy was further proof of Gabriel's message because she knew her cousin, obviously here, that for many years, probably they prayed together. Lord, give me a child. And at that time, um, other things I've read for a woman to be barren and not be able to have a child was looked upon. Like you said, if, if the woman didn't bleed after having intercourse, they could stone her. Well, being barren was looked at by the Jewish culture, I believe, as being a curse from God. Mm -hmm. They looked at that woman of, oh, she sinned or she's done something wrong. God hates her practically. So for, um, for Mary to hear that and to hear that Elizabeth in her old age, old age was going to give birth to a child. It was just further proof for her that Lord, man, he's working. Like what's going on right now? Like this is about to, this is about to go down. Jesus is about to come into our lives and, and uh, you know, wreck everything else, wreck, wreck everything we've been taught. So. Exactly. And uh, so jumping over to Luke chapter two, uh, we can read a few verses here, starting at uh, verse 11. It says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So, you know, this was uh this was an angel appearing to uh, shepherds and and people uh, who were, it says, out uh, watching their flock that night that Jesus was born. And, uh, you know, he comes and, and proclaims the Savior is born. Did you think people, I mean, because I, I love, I've always loved the, you know, nativity scenes you see. To me, it probably does no justice. It does no justice of the conditions that Mary and Joseph were in, uh, the conditions that Christ laid in a manger. <laughs> I was reading, uh, I'm reading a book by Max Licato. It's called the Jesus or the God that knows you by name. And he was talking in it last night about how here this King is that everybody's expecting the you know, Messiah to be born. They're probably thinking he's going to be born in this huge palace, all these other things surrounding him because they expected him to come free them from the Roman, uh, you know, rulers. And here he is born in a manger mm. or laid in a manger, born in a barn, practically surrounded by cow manure and horses and all this other <laughs> stuff. And it just makes you think, man, he came, God came in flesh. He came in flesh to live among us, to dwell among us, uh, to be a man. And he suffered the same things that we've suffered even more, but he lived, you know, he didn't come clothed in royalty and a, a crown upon his head. He came and he, he, he was laid in a manger and, uh, I mean, he just, dude, it was nothing magnificent to think about, you know what I mean? Other than our Messiah, you know, came and was born and gives us this reason to celebrate Christmas. Right. Basically lived in poverty. And that's, that's something, you know, the Bible talks about that he, he was tempted in every way that we are, yet he never sinned. Um, you know, he went through everything that we, anything that we could ever uh, go through the temptations, uh, you know, it, it only names uh, a few when 
after he's baptized and he goes into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Um, but throughout his life, I'm sure there were a whole lot more than just those few that it, it names uh, during that time in the wilderness, uh, because it says that he was tempted in every way that we were. So everything that that we could go through here on earth, he uh, came in contact with that. So we have a savior who, like you said, uh, the people were expecting him to come in great majesty, uh, but he came basically in poverty. He grew up and was the son of a carpenter. And he, you know, basically um, built uh, yokes for oxen and, and stuff like that coming up. He worked. Okay. This is, this is the God of the universe who has come in the flesh and he's down here uh, wiping the sweat of his brow, doing jobs that, that we complain about, so, you know? Yeah. You got to think the Bible says uh, somewhere in chapter two, I know uh, Emmanuel, God with us, God, you know, sent his son to, like you said, dude, to work with his hands, to, to sweat like we have to do all the things. And you got to think of the, just, uh, I mean, Jesus, God could easily made, made it simple for him, made it easy for him, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He, he, like you said, he lived in poverty, dude. I mean, if you watch the series, the chosen, I think it does an amazing job at depicting who Jesus was, who the disciples were. I mean, they were living out in tents and, yeah. and I don't, you know, I don't think that's, that's any kind of false accusation. I think they were living out in tents. Uh, they were having to find and make their own food. You know, luckily, uh, Jesus, if he wanted to could multiply the, the, the bread and the fish, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, there's so many times where you think in the Bible, he could have just snapped his fingers and, and give everything. Um, but he didn't. I mean, he, he chose to 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 serve like the Bible says he came to serve. You know, he came to be a servant and to teach us what it's about. And then and uh, it's, man, it's just amazing to think about. And that goes back to the verse in Philippians. Uh, I think it's chapter two where it talks about how he different translations say it differently. But basically, he laid aside his deity his Godship. If people don't know what that means, he was 100% God and 100% man while he was on this earth. But everything that he did on this earth, he did as a man. He did not right. do as God. He, he did everything as a, as a human being, a man uh, empowered by the Holy spirit. So, Amen. you know, he, uh, he went through a lot of the same things that we uh, have went through. So, you know, that's, that's how much God loved us. He could have, he could have just stayed up there in his kingdom and, and been like, mm, no, but right. we had a King who loved us so much that, that he came to this earth and lived exactly as we have to live. And he died as a sacrifice for our sins. Yep. That John three sixteen verse or Galatians two twenty is one I like to, to quote all the time. You know, he loved me. He gave himself for me. He, he not only gave himself on the cross, but he, he gave up his, the, the heavenly throne, practically the, you know, King of Kings there to come live on this cruel earth. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just a uh, man. It's, it's so encouraging to know that, you know, we read through the book of John, uh, we read through the book of Acts that we've been studying and we're going to get back on, but it just talks about that Holy spirit and how the Holy spirit, came in Luke one calmed Mary and said, you know, you're going to be, you're going to conceive this child. Uh, he gave her hope. He gave her reassurance. And it's just something we can know going into this Christmas season. And, and there's people out there listening, man, who, who may not 
Uh, they may be dealing with a family member who's been, you know, lost uh, on a Christmas day or not being able to get so many things for their children or whatnot. But just be reassured that we have a savior that, uh, you know, lived among us, died for us, loves us. And really the ultimate thing about this season and what we should always remember is, is what it's about. We, we try to instill that in my five-year-old daughter. Hey, this is about Jesus and mm. what Jesus did. If you ask her, she'll tell you what Christmas is about. Uh, you know, she, she loves the presents. Don't get me wrong. We all do. We love the food and all that stuff. But ultimately, it's about giving thanks to our Lord and uh, and our Savior. And this is something I wanted to hammer down on today as we remember what it's about. Yeah, that's that's how we are, too. You know, we uh, we have done the the Santa thing. And mm-hmm. of course, the gift, uh, you know, we we always have tried to bring everything back to Jesus to let let the kids know this is this is what it's all about. Um, right. And, you know, we give gifts and we receive gifts uh, because that is going back to showing us that God gave us the greatest gift of all in mm-hmm. our Savior, Jesus. Man, you imagine unwrapping that uh, that gift on Christmas <laughs> Day with Mary? Like, man, dude, I mean, it's just something we get to look forward to one day when we can celebrate uh, with Jesus face to face, man. I mean, that's just what being a believer is about. And you mentioned Santa Claus. And that was a question real quick, uh, you know, before we wrap up today. You always get asked that question, like, hey, you as a Christian, you tell your kids about Santa, yes or no, why? Uh, you know, like I said, we do with Ava. She goes to the mall, sees Santa and and all that stuff. But really, um, I was reading something very interesting about St. Nicholas. Uh, so the man known as Santa Claus. I did not know this until I was told this morning by a friend that he was a uh, devout Christian. Um, so he was persecuted for his faith uh, under the Roman Emperor Diocletian. Uh, who ruthlessly persecuted Christians. He was put in prison for his faith. Uh, but what I really liked that I read this is it said that, um, you know, St. Nick um, obeying Jesus words to sell what you own and give money to the poor. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, St. Nick who's portrayed as Santa Claus, obviously uh, back in, I think 300 oh man, BC or something, some kind of years back 325. I'm sorry. AD, not BC. He, um, he gave away everything he owned, started helping the poor, would help kids, love children, but ultimately was a Jesus follower. And, uh, and I believe ended up dying for his faith. So it's something to think about on this Christmas season is, Hey, maybe you don't talk about the Santa, the big fat red Santa Claus that eats <laughs> cookies and all the time, you know, which is who I'd like to be when I grow up. But <laughs> maybe we can uh, discuss with our kids. Hey, St. Nick, Otherwise known as Santa Claus, like this is the real man and this is who he was. He was a Jesus follower. So one day, I think the thing about Santa Claus is some Christians go, well, I don't want my kid to grow up one day and realize there's no Santa and they think that's Jesus and there's no Jesus. But I think we can kind of intertwine that and realize that St. Nick was, was, you know, he was a follower of Christ. I think, you know, there was, you know, it was tried, uh, you know, to be paganized. Uh, yes. And, and to, sure. you know, kind of like the whole uh, Easter bunny thing with the eggs and all this non-believers have always tried to find ways to take the focus off of Jesus. Uh, Absolutely. But I believe as Christians, um, you know, we can have fun with this stuff. And as long as we are giving them the true meaning of Christmas and letting them know uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt that even if there's Santa, if there's reindeer, if there's all this big fat dude coming down the chimney, <laughs> you know, um, 
it all comes back to Jesus. And that's the reason that we give and receive gifts. Um, mm-hmm. Everything pointing back to Jesus. I I don't see a problem with it. I know that there's a lot of people out there who would disagree. Um, yeah. But I believe I believe that you can allow those things to distract from the true meaning. Um, but if you always point every, everything back to Jesus, I, I believe, I believe Amen. you're doing all right. I agree, man. So on this Christmas season, as, as this airs uh, today, 2021, um, man, just remember what the season's about. We just wanted to kind of dive in and, and talk about Jesus a little bit today. Amen. Well, guys, once again, we thank you for listening. We hope that you have a very Merry Christmas. As always, you can uh, email us questions, thoughts, comments, or prayer requests, wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. I'm real K- at real Casey Cage on all social media. Yep, and I am at CWL underscore Gunner on all social media. All right, guys. Once again, Merry Christmas. God bless, and we hope you have a very blessed weekend. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner, and follow the show at Facebook.com/slash Wrestling for the Faith.